lovely to see you. Good morning. Welcome. Um, Today in the life of our church is a day that we call Vision Sunday. So if you are visiting from another church today, you are incredibly welcome. If you're visiting and looking for church, any any Sunday is good to pick, but you probably picked a good one. Um, if, if you're here um, and you wouldn't yet say that you're a follower of Christ, you are incredibly welcome here. And I hope that what um, I share in terms of our vision helps you to see some of the adventure that Jesus um, invites us all into. Um, if you are... If, if Riverside Vineyard is home for you, welcome. Welcome. I, I'm going to share some of the stuff as we, as we think ahead into the coming um, years. It's an important day for us because it, it is important to look forward in life. And we all do it whether we think we're good at doing it or not. So, for example, you might be sat there thinking about lunch. And you're kind of thinking, I haven't got any food in the fridge, so I need to go to the shops after the service. That's a plan. That is some level of a plan. Uh, It may be that you're thinking, I want to go and see that movie. I'm going to go on Tuesday night. This is the group of friends I want to get together with. And then there are bigger things, aren't there? You might be thinking around, you know, a particular job that you want to apply for or a change that you want to make in that kind of area of life or um, a relationship or where you want to live. And then there are really big things. Things like, what do I want to become in life? And how am I going to spend my life? Those are big questions, aren't they? So those are important personal questions. Questions of vision, questions of thinking ahead are important for a church as well. Because as a church, we want to become all that Jesus wants us to be. And we want to do everything that he's calling us to do. There's a verse in the Proverbs which basically says, you know, without vision people perish. Message version says, you know, if, if we can't see what God is doing, we stumble over, over things. But we are blessed when we attend to what God is doing. And that's a really important thing because I think that's the challenge for all of us every day is knowing, well, what is Jesus doing? What is he doing in my life? What is he doing in the lives of people around me, in community, in our nation? What is Jesus doing? And I say that because I believe that Jesus is always doing something, whether we can see it or not. uh, John chapter 5, Jesus said, my father is always at his work. And then he went on to say, and I only do what the father's doing. So Jesus is always doing something. The question is, what is it? And then the question that falls after that is, when I get a glimpse of it, am I going to give myself to it? When I see what Jesus is doing, am I going to throw myself in with that? So today, what I want to do is pick up some of the things that I shared back in June at Celebration Sunday, pick up some of the threads there, and then go on and share some of the things that we believe that Jesus is saying to us as a church for the next few years, and then dive a little deeper into this year. So so that is where we are tracking. If you have a Bible, could you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5. If you have a paper one, it's about that far through. If you've got a gadget, uh, then dial that up. The words will come up on the screen. But before we read this bit of the Bible, I would love just to pray for us. This is an important day where my, my heart, my hope, my prayer is that we would catch what Jesus is saying to us. Can I pray that for us? I'm going to, I've got the mic. Jesus, thank you 
that your future is expansive, your future is adventurous, and Jesus, it's a future that you want to share with us. And so, Lord, wherever we find ourselves today, in, in life, in faith, in church, Lord, I want to ask that you'd be speaking to us, giving us glimpses of the future that you want for our lives and for those around us. Lord, we want to be attentive to what you're doing. So, Lord, open our eyes, open our eyes to hear. And, Lord, I want to pray for a grace to be in this place today that we would know that we can safely throw everything that we have in with you. Every last bit of energy, resource, time, because you are utterly trustworthy. In Jesus' name. So the, the context of this little story in 2 Samuel chapter 5 is David, David is King David. Um, he, he's at the heart of the story. Well, actually, God's at the heart of the story. King David's a character. He's just turned 30. He has become king. He's conquered the city of Jerusalem. And that's not pleased some of the enemy nations around about, the, the enemies of the people of Israel. So one of those was a bunch called the Philistines. They come up and attack. They are beaten but they don't give up. So we're going to pick up the story in verse 22 of 2 Samuel chapter 5. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. The, uh, so David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up, but circle round behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees. Move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza. Great little story. Great little story. David asked God for a plan, and God gave him a plan. And he says, God says to David, stay here, stay until you hear the sound of marching at the tops of the trees. Now, that, that is just weird, isn't it? At first glance, that is just weird. And it will remain weird until we realize that there is a dimension to this world beyond the natural. There is a supernatural world. And so what the Lord is saying to David, wait until you hear the heavenly army at the top of the trees. It's not a human army because they can't walk up there. You need to wait because God is on the move. So wait until you hear that and then move and then move. And so David evidently does what God told him to do. He waits until he hears the sound, then he advances and he wins the battle. What I want us to think about is what helps us to be part of what Jesus is doing. And I'm going to share three things from what we see in King David in this story. Three emphases that I believe will help us this year. They'll help us today. Help us this year. And they will actually help us to be good followers of Jesus Christ. To be active disciples of Jesus Christ. So three things. The first is this. Go deeper with the Lord. Build relationship with the Lord. You see, what I love in this story is that David is facing a challenge, and so he prays. Anyone else prayed at a time of challenge? 
It's just, oh, there's a couple of us. You know, most, most people, in fact, pretty much everyone prays, whether they have faith or not, at times like that. But what I love in this story of David is that he hears what God says to him. He hears God's answer to his prayer. And so that tells us there is some closeness, there is some intimacy, there is some relationship between David and the Lord. And then what David does is he says, yes. God gives him a plan and David says, yes. He, he obeys him. So let me, what does that mean for us? Well, if you want to have a good day, if you want to make the most of your day, start it with Jesus. If you want to know what Jesus is doing in your life and in the life of people around you, spend time with him. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a choice that I want to go deeper in my relationship with the Lord. And I'm going to share more about that as we go through and actually um, next Sunday. We're going to talk way more about that. So that's the first thing. Go deeper. Second thing, get ready. Get ready. Verse 23, the Lord says to David, do not go straight up. In other words, wait. Now, I don't know how you think of waiting. Often we can think of waiting as just sort of very passive. We're just sort of hanging around, lounging around, a bit kind of Jacob Rees-Mogg. You know, just... That is not how the Bible talks about waiting. Waiting in the Bible is active. So waiting on the Lord is an active pressing into God's presence, inquiring of Him, God, I really need you. That's waiting. Waiting for God is an active preparation. I'm going to do what I can do to be ready for when God moves. It's active. And so we need to be getting ready. That's what I want to invite us to, encourage us to. We need to be getting ready for what Jesus wants to do with us next. So get, go deeper, get ready, go. I don't normally alliterate my sermon points. Today I am. Go deeper, get ready, go. Verse 24, as soon as you hear the sound, move. In fact, he says, move quickly. As soon as you hear the sound. Very simply, when the Lord says, go, go. Now, there are things in life where we need to inquire and pray and ask the Lord, and we're asking for Him, you know, tell me, tell me when it's ready to go. So, for example, you might be saying, Lord, Lord, should I be changing my job? Should I be changing career? Should I be starting a business? Pray. Please pray. You might be saying, that person that I've been going out with, should I ask them to marry me? Please pray. Wait, wait till God says go. But there are other things in life where Jesus has already said go. So, for example, Jesus, should I pray for my neighbor who is sick? Yes. Should I share my faith, my life with Christ, with people who don't know him yet in my office? Yes. Should I reach out in generous compassion to those in poverty in my community? Yet, it's still the same answer. Yes. 
Yes, you see, there are some things where I say, don't overpray some things where Jesus has already said yes. Where he's already said, go, move quickly. You see, I believe that Jesus is calling us to go deeper, to get ready, and to go. And he is always at his work. And what we are experiencing here, and I know that many other churches, because I speak to church leaders from time to time, many others are experiencing this sense of Jesus doing more. There is an acceleration. For those of you that were out last Tuesday evening when Pete Gregg was out, he spoke about a rising tide. Just these encouragements of what God is doing in our communities, in our nation, in the nations around us. It is not all doom and gloom. There is a rising tide of what God is doing in our world. Last June, I spoke about a sense of acceleration. We are seeing more and more people give their lives to Christ. We are seeing an acceleration in our worship life, in prophetic life, in children and youth environments, in storehouse compassion ministry, out on the streets, in healing. These are the sounds of heaven touching us. These are the sounds of rustling in the tops of the trees because God is on the move. So what does that mean for us here at Riverside? The heart of our vision, the heart of our calling as a church, and hopefully this is familiar to many, if it's not, grab one of these postcards. The heart of who we are is to worship God, love others, and be Jesus in the world. Worshiping God, our highest calling is to give everything we have to Jesus. Surrender to Him. And our invitation to others is, if, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus yet, come and join us. Come and be a part of life with Jesus. And loving others, we want to be the best family that we can. We love diversity. I mean, look at you. You are a wonderful, you are a reflection of heaven. Because heaven is going to be even more like this. Full of diversity. And we love that. And so we are committed to loving one another. And to any that we find that are not part of a loving community of the church, we say, you are welcome. And we say that with confidence because Jesus would say the same. You are welcome. And be Jesus in the world. We know that there is a God in heaven who loves everyone. And it is in our hearts that we want everyone to know that. And so we know that if we're filled with the Spirit of God, we've said yes to Jesus, we carry the light of eternity in our hearts. We are carriers of hope and life. And so we can be Jesus in the world. And that's for every one of us as we go out from here into the next week. That is the heart of who we are. Now, we unpack that more in something that we call Riverside Vineyard Essentials. It's coming up on Saturday the 19th of October. If you've never been along to that, we would love you to be part of that with us. Um, there is, I think, childcare that morning. Uh, most of our staff team are out that morning. We, we would just love to spend that morning with you unpacking who we are as a vineyard church and who we are and who we are becoming as Riverside Vineyard Church. So if you've never been to Riverside Vineyard Essentials, 19th of October. Let me dig into some details. Back in April and May time, a bunch of us on the staff team went away. We, we took a couple of days away down at just this really nice cottage down in East Sussex. Um, we, had a, we had a great time hanging out. Ash took his drone, which, which was good, wasn't it? Eh? Nowhere near an airport, just so that we're all we're, we're responsible drone flyers in the vineyard. It's important that you know that. 
And uh, we, we worship together, we pray together, um, listening to God, prophesying together, um, eating together. And one of the things that we prayerfully sought to answer in our time together was this question. What does the Lord want Riverside Vineyard Church to be like in 2025? It's a big question, but it's an important question. It's a kind of thinking ahead question. What does the Lord want us to be like in 2025? So here are just some of the things that we sensed as we prayerfully inquired of the Lord. We want to be a church of people who have a contagious passion for God's kingdom. Contagious passion. Coming from an understanding that it all starts in God's presence. So we're always going to chase after God's presence. And it comes from being active disciples of Jesus Christ. So let me just go off on a little tangent. The primary place of discipleship in this church is through being part of a small group. That is the place that it primarily happens. Right now, around about half 50% of people in this church are part of a small group. And that's great. That's a a wonderful foundation. But we believe that if you're not, you're missing out on a vital part of discipleship. And so what we are praying for is that over the next five years, we would shift that percentage to well above 80%. And so you need to pray for Rob. Because this is his area of, or one of his areas of ministry oversight. We are praying that by 2025, we would have at least 100 small groups. Because we want everybody to be actively discipled and growing in their faith. That's where we're shooting for. We want to continue to grow as an outward-focused church. We believe that we exist for people who aren't here yet. And we are becoming a multi-site church. What that means is we will be launching sites that impact new communities. And I'll come back to that in a bit. We want to be a church full of health and beauty. That is not to say we all have to be beautiful people, but you are. But you are. Why? Because we're finding that our identity comes from Christ. So we want that to be just throughout our church, is health and beauty that comes from knowing who we are in Christ and our distinctives as a vineyard church. We want to have a thriving family ministry. What that means is everyone living with skill in their relationships in life. Practical one. By 2025, we as a church want to be mortgage-free. Would you pray for that for us? If you're a homeowner, you know that already, yeah? And many of you are saying, well, can you pray that? I'll pray that for you if you pray that for us as a church. We'll do a deal, okay? We want to be mortgage-free. Here's another one. We want to experience deeper cultural diversity in every area of our church, including our staff team. We love it. We want more. We are committed So those are just some of the things that we are sensing and believing. Bottom line, Jesus is not finished with us yet. There is so much more. So what about the year ahead? What about the year ahead? I'm going to kind of sharpen our focus into the next 12 months. Here are some things 
that I want to share with us. I'm going to use that same framework of going deeper, getting ready, and going. So going deeper. Here's some things. We want to just continue what is already so important to us of helping one another to grow as disciples and in being spiritually formed more and more into the likeness of Christ. And one of the places that we're going to start is in a new teaching series that actually kicks off next Sunday. We're entitling it Fire Starters. And the place that we're starting this series is how do we catch fire in God's presence? What does it mean? How does it look to build a healthy devotional life with Jesus? That is Because remember, everything good starts in God's presence. So that is where we're starting that series. We are intentionally going to be investing more into our naught to five-year-old children over this next year. That, that's going to be a specific emphasis for us. Those of you that are familiar with kids' ministry, Dave and Beth have just done the most amazing job with the source for our five to 11-year-old children. We want our naught to five-year-olds to have just an incredible experience of worship and the Holy Spirit and prayer. So we're going to be investing more in that area. The evening service is restarting in three weeks' time on the 6th of October. Um, It's slightly earlier than it was before. It's going to be meeting at 6 o'clock. It's going to be meeting out in the foyer. And I love the evening service because in terms of going deeper, there is just more time for worship, for engaging with the Bible, for ministry in the power of the Spirit. Because in this service here, I know you want your lunch. And the kids and all of that, there, there is more time for us to explore going deeper in the evening. So I love that space, and so I, I commend it to you. And what we're going to be doing uh, through the autumn term is we're going to be running a series entitled Holy Spirit. So let me, just, let me just map some of the places that we're going to go in that series. We're going to be thinking about who is the Holy Spirit. We're going to be thinking about well, what about baptism and the Holy Spirit. That, that's quite a biggie. We're going to be thinking about encountering the Holy Spirit in worship. Here's an even bigger one. If you've been following Jesus for longer than about three minutes, you have probably asked yourself the question, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what? How how, how does, what, the Trinity? How how does that work? Is it just me? Anyone else kind kind of tapped into some of that mystery? of who God is? Well, good news. Steve Berry, who, who oversaw our Bible school, is going to lead an evening of diving deeper into the theology of the Trinity. That is going to be a treat. That is going to be a treat. Can I receive more of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and healing, hearing, listening, and following the Spirit, encountering the Spirit outside of church? I just want to, this is going to be a great series. Great series. So I want to encourage you, even if you're normally around in the morning, Come in the morning and then come along in the evening because it's just going to be some wonderful thing. And this is all aimed to help us go deeper in a relationship with the Lord. Last thing in this, in this kind of section. We are, we're running a Bible day, a theology day on the 2nd of November. It's a Saturday. Um, we're going to deep, dive deeply into the book of Exodus. Second book in the Bible, but actually that theme of Exodus runs through the whole of the Bible. And so many of you will know Rick Williams. Rick is the founding pastor of Riverside Vineyard. He is a superbly gifted Bible teacher. He preached last Sunday morning. 
Rick is going to lead this day. So the booking side is open. You can go and book tickets now. If you book before the early bird expires, you get lunch thrown in for free. That's a good deal. Bible Day, 2nd of November. So going deeper. Second thing, getting ready. Let me share just some of the things that we are doing to prepare to get ready for what is ahead. The first is our open hand project that we spoke about back in April and May. There's a couple of aspects of that. Liz, let me just update you on this. And, and also some of you will know this already because we put an update out on the in-brief email a couple of weeks ago. One of the aspects of this was um, upgrading the spaces used by, used by our youth and young senior over on the east wing of the building, putting in the new windows. Um, they're just drafty cold rooms. So they look like that right now. I have been reliably informed that in about a week and a half's time, work will start to upgrade those windows. So that's going to be a massive step forward. The majority of the project is getting storehouse ready for the future that we believe Jesus is leading us into. And so this is the work that we want to do. It's creating a whole new wing for our storehouse compassion ministry. So creating a new, can you run just run back a bit, Howard? Creating a new office. So the office has now been built. And it needs the finishing touches and then the team can move across to that. And what that then means is the garage area at the back can be redeveloped for storage and for cleaning all of the clothes and the food that comes in uh, for compassion ministry. And then we can build the middle section, which is creating shops free of charge for food and clothes and baby equipment, really so that the families that access storehouse can come in and we can just serve them with greater dignity. They can come in and pick stuff for themselves uh, because we want to help them to do incredibly well in life and empower them for change. And so this is the future that Jesus is leading us into. And so over the this is a big project. This is going to take several months to finish. It's already looking so much better. We can start to see the future breaking in. The rustling at the tops of the trees. You can hear it. You can see it. Next thing. We as a church are committed to raising the next generation. Absolutely committed to that. You know, some days like today, I'm a very proud dad because my boy is here. And... Um, we, 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 we encourage him and always have done in worship leading, but Ash and Kathy have just done the most extraordinary job in developing him. And what, and what you see, you saw a glimpse this morning on the stage, yeah, of these young guys. And so next February half term, we are going to be running a Riverside Vineyard Worship Academy, which will be investing... We, we're going to be investing in our older young vineyard and youth in the area of worship, in, in their leading, in their development in that area. So it's going to be great. Dreaming the impossible. 
Uh, many of you will know that it's a, it's a festival, a Christian festival for youth that's been run by Vineyard Churches for 10 plus years. Um, it has until, well, up until this year, running in the early May bank holiday. It gathers up, this year there was about 1,200 young people that gathered um, for that festival. Um, it's moving to August because, as many of you will know, the Soul Survivor Festival has come to an end and they're passing the baton on. And one of the batons is being passed to the vineyard. So what that means is, is that for us in this church, as part of the vineyard family of churches, we get to play a bigger part in blessing the youth of our nation. This is an extraordinary privilege and opportunity. So I am expecting over the next few weeks and months to be able to say to you all, guys, we need stewards, first aiders, security, camp village hosts, um, cooks, I don't know, what else do you need? People to set up the site, break down the site, all sorts of people. And we are going to have an incredible opportunity to serve the youth of our nation as a vineyard. Because our youth need it, don't they? And we have an incredible opportunity to serve. So that is coming up over this next year. Here's another one. Some of you will know Malcolm. He, he was drumming this morning. Where, is Malcolm here? Is he? He's, he's, Ma Malcolm is really, sh you're a shy and retiring type. You know, you might not have bumped into Malcolm yet. Malcolm, we are, yeah, Malcolm is investing two to three days a week with us in a leadership year over this coming year. Um, and so we, we want to be investing in Malcolm in terms of leadership, Theology. He's going to be serving in the areas of worship, media and comms, and supporting the evening service. So, Matthew, can we pray for you now? Just, just, just stand where you are. Uh, those near him, put a hand on him. I just want to pray for you right now. Malcolm, we bless you in Jesus' name. I pray that this would be just a fantastic year in your life. We are... We are grateful for what we see Jesus already doing in your life. And as a church, we simply pray for more. Would you become everything that Jesus is wanting you to be and do the things that would extend his kingdom? And so we bless you. We pray that for, for, for in you this year, more of the likeness of Christ would be formed. So we bless you. Amen. Okay. Last thing in this little section, we are, as a church, going to continue this year to get ready to become a multi-site church. What that means is launching new Riverside Vineyard sites in new geographic areas that we already serve. Why would we do that? We're going to do that so that it is easier for people to get to church because it's in their community. And it is then easier for people to invite their friends to something that is more local. So it helps us to be more missional in those communities that we are already serving. Uh, if you've been around for any length of time, you'll know that we are increasingly active in a number of geographic areas round about here. And so on this map, you'll see just some of those that are circled on there, um, where teams are already going out to pray for people, uh, to share the gospel, to see what Jesus is doing out in those communities. And of those, you know, we're, I, I guess, leaning particularly into places like Slough, 
Staines and Egham and Weybridge. Not that Jesus doesn't love the others. Don't hear that. I don't want the email tomorrow morning. Jesus loves everyone. But there are some areas where we are specifically pressing right now. And actually, you'll see in the equip brochure here, there are some opportunities to go out with those teams onto different high streets. Uh, there's a prayer walk down in Weybridge on a Saturday um, in October as well. Becoming a multi-site church means a whole lot of things. One of the things it means is that there will be more space for people to lead, more space for people to get involved in preaching and teaching, and in leading worship. So you'll see there are a bunch of options in here which are aimed at those kind of areas. So we're running our Leadership Essentials course. Um, there is an evening on leading worship in the vineyard. And there is a course on growing in the gift of preaching and teaching. So if those are things that you think might just be something that the Lord is wanting to use you in, why don't you just take a risk and sign up? It's all part of getting ready for what Jesus is leading us into. So what we have been doing behind the scenes is changing some of the ways that we're organized and adding in some new leadership so that we are getting ready for this future that Jesus is leading us into. What are we shooting for? What we are shooting for is to be able to launch a new site by this time next year. That is what we are shooting for. Now, I know I've just let off a grenade. I'm not going to talk any more about it now, but in January, we will talk way more about that. But that is what we are shooting towards. It is a big step for us as a church, but I believe that it is a very natural one for a church that has already planted loads of churches, that is part of a church planting movement, and that is already pressing in to becoming more missionally active in different communities around us. So this is a very natural, if you will, next step. It's a big step, so please be praying for all of that. So going deeper, getting ready, the third area, go. Going out. From the earliest days of the vineyard, we have passionately believed that everyone gets to play. We've got a little saying in the vineyard, we get to do the stuff. And that shorthand for, if you said yes to Jesus, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, so you get to do what Jesus did. Heal the sick, bring freedom, bring life, feed the poor, all of that kind of stuff. You get to do what Jesus did. And that is possible because we have been given the Holy Spirit. And so we passionately believe that as the Spirit comes, He releases gifts to us. And those gifts enable us to do the supernatural. They're empowering for the supernatural. And so we believe that spiritual gifts are not just given to make church meetings more fun, but they are given so that we can release kingdom life into our communities. That's why they are given. And so next spring, as part of our All Church series, we are going to press into this. And we've entitled that series, Everyday Supernatural. Everyday Supernatural. That is going to run in all of our Sunday environments, through from the youngest children, through Young Vineyard, into our youth environments, across all of our adult environments, through our small groups, really pressing into this. We're going to be digging into the Bible, and there is a book that is going to accompany this series. It's called 
Everyday Supernatural. Have you kind of guessed where we might have nicked the title from? Everyday Supernatural. It's written by Andy Croft and Mike Pilavachi. And those are the guys that lead Soul Survivor um, and the Christian festivals that are kind of handing on to DTI. So when we were planning this series, I had a cheeky thought one evening. And my cheeky thought was, I'll just ping Mike Pilavachi an email through the Soul Survivor website. And he happened to be traveling. He was out of New Zealand, which meant he answered, he, he got hold of my email. And within about 10 hours, I had a personal reply. And I said to him, would you come out and spend an evening with us? And he said, yes. So we have the, just the privilege of, of Mike coming out. Not that Mike, is Mike special? I he just loves Jesus. And he loves seeing what Jesus is doing and helping others to do the same. And so he's coming out right at the start of this All Church series to help launch that. So this is what you need to know, those that like detail. Friday the 7th of February, next year, an evening with Mike Pilavachi. It is going to be a free event, but we, we think that there'll be a bunch of people that might want to come and hear him. So we're going to ticket it just so that we can manage that. The booking site is open. You've got a heads up today. Other than the 9.30 service, you are the second group of people to hear about it. And the booking site is riversidevineyard.com forward slash Mike. We often put people's surnames on there, but we figured not many of us could spell Pilavachi. So forward slash Mike, go and reserve your tickets. It's going to be a fabulous evening. Okay, you know, the way that we are going to have the most impact in the communities that we serve, reaching them with the love of God, is as every one of us scatters from here into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods, cafes, supermarkets, the gym, wherever you go. So we gather to scatter. And so one of the things that then becomes really powerful is invitation. Inviting someone to be a part of what we are doing. And there's just loads of opportunities in this next year. So for example, the Alpha launch in a couple of weeks' time. There's going to be a quiz night in November. That's a really low bar invite event. Um, the Christmas services that are coming up. There's a gospel choir event next spring. There are always men's and women's ministry events. Sunday services are great places to invite people along to. There's the Extreme Holiday Club next Easter. And then in the lead up to Halloween, we'll again be making bags of light available so we can bring a little bit of light into darkness in our neighborhoods. Opportunities to invite. I, you know, what do I want you to have heard this morning? I want you to hear that Jesus is on the move. I want you to hear that. There's the sound of rustling at the tops of the trees. We can hear the sounds of heaven touching us. A couple of weeks ago, I sat down with Tim, who's part of our church. He's also my home group leader. And, I, and Tim had shared a story with me, and we just caught it on video. So, take a look. Tim? I want to take you back to last June, our Risk Takers series. We spoke um, about taking a risk to talk about Jesus. Um, what was going on for you that morning? Yeah, Andy, so I, I just felt that God was speaking to me about taking a risk, and something that um, that risk looked like was going out onto the streets of Staines and telling people about Jesus. Okay, and that was something that was a real challenge for you, didn't feel you could do it, you came forward for prayer, 
I did. Uh, the Ministry of Time, Doc Crayfall. What, what choices did you make out of the back of that? Yeah, through the um, prayer, um, it enabled me really to make a choice to uh, go out onto the street of Staines, and I got in contact with uh, Steve, who's in our church, yeah. and uh, went out with the team. Okay, so you did that. Yep. What happened for you? Yeah, so um, we went out onto Staines, and it was safe because I was with people from our church who yeah. love me and I love yeah. them. Yeah. So that's a great environment to be with. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it was basically watching Steve and the team getting involved. Yeah. Um, so we'd listen to some of the verbiage being used. We'd see what they were doing. We'd actually, I was praying for some people alongside Steve and the team yeah. as well. And um, Andy, in my background as a nurse, um, we have this thing of see one, do one, teach one. And so actually, as we were coming towards the end of our time, and I uh, experienced what it was like doing as a team, I just saw these two lads coming towards me, and I thought, I'm just going to do it. So I went up to David and Marco, that was their names, these two lads, and um, one of them had uh, pain uh, in their arm, and so I asked if I could pray for healing, and we prayed for that, and that actually got better. Um, And then I, I explained about Jesus and who he was yeah. and um, asked them if they would like to give their lives to Jesus and they did mm-hmm. and so we just took them through a very simple prayer um, and they committed their lives to Jesus wonderful and that was it that is stunning isn't yeah. it? I, I, I love that yeah. Tim that just the way that yeah. some risk was activated yeah. you took some yeah. courage made yeah. some great choices you yeah. do it again yeah absolutely wonderful Tim thank you for sharing <laughs> that with thanks, us thanks About a, about a month ago, um, at the end of one of our 11.15 services, a group of about four or five of our young people came and said, Andy, can, can, we, can we just have a chat? And I said, yeah. And they said, but basically there, there was one of their friends that was getting involved in sort of gang and knife culture, and they were just concerned for him. They were just concerned with the way that their friend was going. You could see just the, the way that it was breaking their heart. And they said, Andy, what can we do? Because we, we don't want to get kind of sucked into it. You know, is he listening to us? You know, what can we do? And, I, and, and, obviously, and so we had a really good conversation with these, with these young guys. And I said to them, well, I said to most people in these things, so I'm like, love him. In other words, always have your arms open to him. Just ready. Just ready. You don't know when he's going to come back. Just, just love him. Pray for him. And trust Jesus to look after him. And then we, we prayed together as a group of us, and I prayed for them in their, in their relationship with this young guy. Last Sunday morning, this young guy comes to church. He goes to youth, and after youth, um, I think it was Gavin who was on team, went up to him and said, probably after a little bit of conversation, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he says, yes. So... hear the sound? God is on the move. He's found his rustling at the top of the tree. His God is on the move. So, I'm coming into land. I want, you to inv- I want to invite you to join me in committing for three things this year. Three things. Firstly, commit to going deeper with Jesus. Commit to doing that. It requires effort. Just being up front. But when we put in effort, we find grace waiting for us. Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. You can't earn God's grace. 
but we can put ourselves in places to receive God's grace. And that is the effort of building a devotional life with the Lord. And we're going to unpack that more next week. But would you make that commitment? I'm going to do what I can do to go deeper in a relationship with Jesus this year. Second thing, would you commit to getting ready? Would you commit to what Jesus has for you and for us as a church community? And what I want to encourage you to do is say yes to everything that you are able to that will help you to live life skillfully and to serve passionately. Say yes to all that you're able to do. Say yes to Jesus. And thirdly, would you commit to going? There are people around every one of us who need to know that there is a God in heaven who loves them. And you may be the person that is closest to them, and you may be the one that has the immense privilege of sharing Christ with them. Would you commit to that? Going deeper, getting ready, and going into every environment 